were not able to rise, they fell under my feet. For you have girded me with strength for battle. You have subdued under me those who rose up against me. Let's pray. Well, Lord, just thank you for reminding us um, here with David's words, Lord, that that you supply our needs, that you um, give us strength and skill, Lord, and all that is needed to follow you. And uh, we praise you and want to be ones that recognize that throughout our day. Just remind us with this teaching today how you are our strength, you are our rock. Um, We pray that you open our minds, our hearts to Steve's message, Lord, and bless him to um, deliver it, Lord. And we thank you for bringing us all here. It's all part of your sovereignty. And we love you and praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Good morning. Great to see you all here at Hope Bible Church. Glad that you could be with us. Those of you who are listening online and watching online, welcome you also. And indeed, it's good to be here. Um, Bruce, in this prayer, there's that last phrase. He mentioned God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty has brought us here. It's always, it's, it's one of the most important truths, character qualities of God that we need to be thinking about. I, I think of how God is sovereign. There's all kinds of things taking place in our world, in our country this past week, different events, your own life, your own family. Things are happening, right? And it's so encouraging to know that God is sovereign. And that great verse that we've said many times, God works all things together for good to those who love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. So remember that that we're here today and God is working in ways that we cannot understand, yet we have to do our part. And uh, that relates to our message today, being strong in the Lord. It's the second of three parts. I was only thinking of doing one part, maybe two, but there's so much I felt I should go three weeks, so we will go three weeks on this, this topic right here. In our world, there's a lot of money and, and effort spent uh, by people to be physically strong, to be physically healthy, there's diets, there's exercise, there's medicines. Some of this is good. Some of this, I believe, is overdone. That's my opinion. Of course, you'd expect that in, in a country, in a world, there's the flesh and, and uh, not so much emphasis on the spirit. First Timothy 4 eight says, Bodily discipline is only of little profit, but godliness is profitable for all things since it holds promise for the present life and also the life to come. That is, bodily discipline, being physically fit, is of some value. But what this verse makes very clear, what is most important is spiritual discipline, is godliness. That's what has value for for this life and really for all eternity. I was at my doctor for my six-month checkup last Thursday morning. I usually like to type things out. I, I want to make sure I'm knowing what I'm saying and not just to talk about things. So I have a number of points that are all typed out, and he reads through it. But I never did this. But the last point, I said, I'm in the future. I'm going to get a brand new body. I wrote that down. I wrote the First Corinthians 15 reference about that. And he actually read it. He was going through, and then he read that at the end. He's an Indian doctor. So that was encouraging. 
But that's the perspective we need to have. We try to take care of ourselves physically here, but what's most important is the spiritual and eternal life that God gives us. We talked last week about one major aspect of, of godliness, and that's being strong in the Lord. I want to just summarize briefly what we talked about last week, then continue on a number of other points here. First, we said to be a spiritually healthy and successful Christian, you need to be strong in the Lord. Secondly, just like little children grow up and become physically stronger, so too as Christians we need to grow up and become spiritually stronger. Three, in fact, a verse on that I, I want to mention, First John 2.14, it says, You young men are strong because the word of God lives in you and you've overcome the evil. And that's First John 2.14, a great verse. If you're not strong in the Lord, you'll struggle. Life will be hard lots of difficulties, and you won't really be able to succeed and see the victories that God wants to give you. That, that's what will happen. Next, the phrase, be strong in the Lord, is a general phrase. And God really wants us as Christians to be strong in every area of the Christian life, whether it's faith or holiness or love or wisdom. There's all these different areas, and God wants to be strong in every area. That should be our goal. That should be our desire. Fifth, being strong in the Lord means we're weak in ourselves. That is a Christian life, it's not up to us, but it's God, his strength, his power, his spirit working in and through us. Next, God commands his children to be strong in the Lord. Ephesians 6.10, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. It's a command, and that God knows because he knows that we cannot live the Christian life in our own power. It's got to be him working through us. We also understand with that this command to be strong is in the present tense which means this is what you're to do every day. You're to be strong every day and all day long and really for the remainder of your life on this earth and, of course, we'll be strong in the Lord for all eternity. We know that as well. Seventh, go to Ephesians 6. Well, I'll just mention it because I read this last week, but Ephesians 6, 13 to 18 talks about how we can be strong in the Lord. It's a very, very important section of verses and I encourage you to read that again sometimes, but it talks about keys to being strong in the Lord. It's by putting on the full armor of God. We all understand soldiers are out to battle, they're out to war, they have their armor, they have their weapons, and they're, they're strong. They're ready to fight in the battle. And so too, as Christians, we need to be properly equipped. We need to have our armor on so we can be spiritually strong, so we can fight and and defend ourselves in the way that, that God wants. And I'll just summarize what they are. First, there's a belt of truth. That is, we need the truth of God's word. Secondly, there's the breastplate of righteousness. That means we need to see and know that we are holy and righteous in the sight of God. There's then the feet shod with the gospel of peace that relates to having purpose. Purpose that relates to the gospel. That is, we're going places. We're doing things for God as a Christian. Next, we're to have the shield of faith. That is, we're to be as Christians, one who are trusting in the Lord to defend us from the flaming arrows of the evil one. And the next one is the helmet of salvation. This relates to our hope, also talked about in Colossians. And hope, of course, is simply just looking forward to the great blessings that God has for us in the future. All five of these are important. You can't just say one or two or, well, I got three. No, you need all five. You need all five of those. But the next one is the sword of the Spirit which is God's word. This relates to the first one, the truth. And God's word, then, is, is foundational. It's absolutely necessary for it to be strong in the Lord. Last week I mentioned a phrase in Psalm 1928. I want to give you the first part of that verse. I only gave you the second part. It says, My soul is weary with sorrow. 
That happens, right? Your soul gets weary, get tired, you get discouraged. It says, strengthen me according to your word. When you're weary, spiritually weary, your soul is weary, look to the word. I do this all the time. I mean, I, not all the time, but if I'm sort of down or discouraged, I, I, I have my favorite chapters, my favorite verses, and I go to those, and they help. They, they really do help me. Joshua 1.8, we'll look at this passage more next week. Joshua 1.8 is in that context of how God is now commanding Joshua. Moses had just died. And says, Joshua, you got to go in. you got to lead the armies. you got to get in there in the promised land. you got to defeat the enemy. So it's his it's, it's little speech to, to Joshua. And, 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 and three times there, God repeats himself. He says, Joshua, be strong and courageous. In fact, one time he says, be very courageous. Be strong and courageous. But the verse I want to look at, verse 8, says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So spiritual strength and success is only guaranteed as you're following God's word. Sometimes, again, you go along with your life, and what's wrong? Why is it so hard? Well, are you living by the word of God? It's very, very, very simple. And God wants us to remember that. Well, there's more to say about being strong in the Lord. First, we talk about being strong in the Lord. We're not, being, not talking about being strong in yourself, in your abilities, in your wisdom. We're talking about being strong in the Lord. Life isn't about your flesh. It's not about your humanness. It's about the, the life of God, the life of Christ, his purpose, his life, his spirit being lived in and through you. Your Christian life then is not about you. It really isn't. We live in a world where it's always about us. Huh? You know, you can go to the internet or Facebook. It's about us. No, it's not about us. It's about the Lord. It's about pleasing him. It's about giving him glory. And, and you can only really please the Lord and, and, and really live for him and give him glory as you're strong in the Lord. That's why this subject is so vitally, vitally important. So you need to have this mindset, the desire to live for the Lord. It says it simply in Psalm 48. It says, I delight to do thy will, O God. Speaking of Jesus, but we can take this for ourselves. I delight to do thy will, O Lord. That is, is that your heart? Is that your desire every day of the week? I, Lord, whatever you want. I want to do what you want. I don't not think about what I want. What do you want? And again, I've, I've mentioned this, that it's, it's fine to plan our ways, but it's also good to be aware, as it says in Proverbs 16:9, that the Lord then will oftentimes direct our steps. And you need to be sensitive to the working of God as you go through the day, because I have different interruptions, and I need to be sensitive. Is that interruption from the Lord? Does he want me to change what I'm doing? And so always be sensitive to the Lord, be willing to do what he wants. And to live for the Lord, then you need to be strong in the Lord. It's very simple. You can't live the Christian life in your own power. Now, to be strong in the Lord, you need a good relationship with the Lord. This is a very key point. I'm going to take some time to elaborate on, elaborate on it. John 17, 3, that, that great verse, defines eternal life. Eternal life is this, that you may know God. That is, eternal life is having this personal relationship, eternal relationship with God himself. And that you have a relationship with God means then, implies then, that being spiritually strong is not a mechanical thing. It's not like you switch, turn on a switch with God and say, God, I need some power so I can do this Christian thing here in my Christian life. No, it's not it. It's not a mechanical thing. Not just turn on a switch. We're talking here about being strong in the Lord. It's relational. 
means you're walking with the Lord. You're looking to him. You're depending on him. You know the example of Enoch, and he's probably one of the best examples for this point here. You know, in Genesis 5, you know, in Hebrews 11, it talked about how Enoch walked with God, and just what a picture. He walked with God. Of course, that's what we should do every day of our lives. That's just not an Enoch thing. That should be our, our desire, our heart, our experience. But we also see in Jude, I can't remember exactly the verse, but it's talked talk about how he's a preacher of righteousness. He was preaching about the judgment of God to come. And so he was walking with the Lord, and from that walk, from that relationship with God, he then did what God wanted him to do, empowered by the Lord. And he was preaching against the sin, preaching about the judgment to come. You see, that's what I'm saying. Your walk with the Lord then results in you doing what God wants and doing what God wants by the strength of the Lord. Psalm 105, verse 4, which I mentioned last week, is such a classic verse. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his face continually. Do you see what it says? As a Christian, you're to be seeking the Lord, and seeking the Lord means that you're seeking his face, which conveys the idea of having a relationship with God. Seeking his face means you're having this personal relationship with the living God. That's what it says. When you spend time with someone, you talk to them, right? Isn't that true? And you don't look at their feet, (laughs) You don't look at their arms or their legs. You look at their face. Isn't that the way you do it? You look at their face. That's what's going on. We're talking then this verse is about your relationship with God. And in that context, you're to seek the Lord. You're to seek his face and you're to seek his strength. That's what you're doing. So in the context of our Christian life then, we're to be ones who love the Lord and want to do what he wants us to do. And in that context then, we're to be seeking him and his face asking the Lord to give us the strength that we need to do what he wants. And this should be a really a, a really a daily thing. Lord, help me. You can say it that way. Lord, give me the strength. Fill me with your spirit. A lot of ways to say, God, give me the strength I need. It's, it's so important that we do that. John 15, 5. Turn there. And I just mentioned there's different ways to talk about how being talk about being strong in the Lord. And John 15 conveys this idea too. Start at verse 4. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides to the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Not one single thing. This is a strong verse. It says, apart from the Lord, you can do nothing for the Lord. This whole passage then, these verses 1 through what, 8 or 9, are talking about abiding in the Lord. And the Lord abiding in us. That is, the Lord, and this is such an amazing, wonderful thing. The Lord wants to live his life in and through you. And that's his abiding in you. And we then are to abide in him which means we're to trust in him, we're to look to him, we're to walk with him, we're to have this relationship with him. And so abiding then is is a a relational word. You're to have this continual relationship, this daily relationship with the living God. And it says you can't do anything for God apart from God, apart from then depending on the Lord and then depending on the strength that he has for you. I think of Hebrews 11, I've mentioned this, it's such a classic chapter. And there's a lot of takeaways from that chapter, but one of the big ones is you have this, all these godly men and women are there. 
is, is they had faith. That is, they were trusting God. They were being led by God. You read about Abraham. He walked, what, 900 miles. He might have had a donkey or something, too, or a camel. But he went all that distance. He was led by God, and then he did what God wanted him to do by the strength of God. And so you see that. You see the whole Bible is a picture of people, godly people, walking with God and using the strength he gives them to do what God wants them to do. Psalm 18, and Bruce just read part of it there. Psalm 18.1 is the introduction, but really it's the conclusion. It says, I love you, O Lord, my strength. No verse quite like that, but that's good. Isn't that good? I love you, O Lord, my strength. And a lot of these verses, and I, and I, and I, and I tell you this, it's, it's good to be somewhat diligent and try to remember verses or to memorize them. This is a simple one. You can memorize this one today. I love you, O Lord, my strength. So important. This verse, is, as I said, is a conclusion. David did great things for God because he had a great relationship with God and relied then on the strength of God. And, and, and you see that, and really sometimes you need to read the whole psalm. And, and what you see in that psalm, some psalms you see God just delivering David from problems. I was reading Psalm 59, and we're going to sing that song in, in a few minutes. It talks about the strength he needed, and, 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 and God delivered him. Some psalms focus on God strengthening you to do what he wants you to do. Psalm 18, God uses strength to deliver David from problems, but also then to defeat the enemy. And, and so you see that. That's a good way to sum up your life. God then uses his strength to protect you and use his strength then to help you do what he wants you to do. Is, is, is this phrase, I think it's Psalm 28. He's my help and my shield. He helps me to do what is right, and he protects me. He shields me from that which is danger. And so God wants us to be ones then by, by his strength, get the victory, and then we can say, I, I love you, O Lord, my strength. Or the conclusion, I think this is the second last verse of the psalm, says, therefore I will give thanks to you among the nations, and I will sing praises to your name. So you're worshiping the Lord, you're loving the Lord, you're praising him for the victory that he gives you. So we, we, sh- we, we should, we can and should love God for a lot of our reasons, a lot of reasons, but what it's saying here is one of the reasons is that he gives you the strength to live, from, live for him. So just always remember that. I love you, O oh Lord, my strength. And so the person who's strong in the Lord, what we're saying here, has a good relationship with the Lord. Okay, you cannot separate those. Again, it's not some mechanical thing. I know I'm a Christian. Okay, God, help me. It's a relationship with the Lord. You're walking with him. And in Psalm 59, let's turn there now. Psalm 59, as I mentioned before, is really a song of deliverance. But verses 16 and 17 But as for me, I shall sing of your strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of your loving kindness in the morning. For you've been my stronghold and a refuge in the day of my distress. O my strength, I will sing praises to you. For God is my stronghold, the God who shows me loving kindness. That phrase, I like that, verse 17, the first phrase. O my strength, Lord, you are my strength. Again, we see that 
Knowing God's strength is directly connected to our relationship with him. And it says here, I shall sing of your strength and I shall sing of your loving kindness. I want you to see the connection here that is knowing God's strength is, to, is, is related to knowing God's love. That, that's what we're saying. So being strong in the Lord relates to and results from being assured and confident of the Lord's love for you. I mean, if you know somebody, but they don't really like you, do you think they're ever going to help you? You know what I'm saying? It's an obvious thing. No. They probably might try to hurt you. So you've got to know and be convinced and assured God really loves me, and he wants to help me, and he'll give me the strength to get through life and do what he wants to do. So you have to see this connection. We're talking about our relationship with God then is, is the reason and the basis we can have strength from him. And here we're talking specifically about the love that he has for us. That's what Psalm 59 is about. Ephesians 3. We're going to take some time to look at these verses. And again, when you, you read your Bible, and I assume all of you read it on a regular basis, you'll, you'll, you'll see in fact, you need to really look for verses and thoughts that, hey, how, how did this person do what he did? What was the strength of the Lord? And you'll see it really all over the place. But this, these verses here are really key ones, and they tell us a lot. And so we're going to really spend most of the rest of our time in these verses here. Ephesians 3, 14 to 19. I'm going to read the whole section here. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Okay, let's work through. This is Paul's prayer. It's, it's a great prayer. What's he praying? He's praying a lot of things, but the heart of that one prayer is that the Ephesian church will be strengthened with power. The church will be strong, spiritually strong. The church would be strong in the Lord. That's what he's saying. Again, I think I might have said this last week, but when you're talking you know, about praying for family, friends, people in the church, it's a good prayer. Lord, strengthen them. Give them spiritual power, and that's what Paul is doing here. But I want to just look at a number of, of lessons from this verse. First of all, that you're, that you're to be strengthened with power. And this power, then, is the power of God. And so when you're strong in the Lord, it means God's power is making you strong. Again, I've said this, but I'll say it again. It's not you. It's not anyone else. It's not anything else that's making you strong. It's the Lord who's making you strong. It's the Lord then who's empowering you. That's the first point. Secondly, God empowers you through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is God, and he gives you the power and the ability then to live the Christian life. The book of Acts is very clear and gives many examples of the church and how they needed the power of God. This power was then seen through the work of the Holy Spirit. Turn to Acts chapter 2. So I want to read some of these. 2 verse 4, Acts 2, 4, just a few examples. We're talking about the power of God, and it comes through the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to break, speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. They're all there in this upper room, and they were praying, and what were they waiting for? They're waiting for the Spirit. They're waiting to be empowered by the Lord. Very simple. 
God, we need power. We can't get out there and do what you want and start this church on our own. So they're waiting for power. God gave it to them. Verse, chapter 4, verse 31. It says, And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. Again, they had the power of God. And there's a connection. I'm not saying you have to pray to be filled up with the power of God, but you see that example given to us here. That if you're weak sometimes, pray. Say, Lord, fill me up with your spirit. Empower me. And then go out and do what God wants you to do. Acts 9, verse 31. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort or the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. Again, we see the Holy Spirit. Chapter 13, verses 2 to 5. This is when Paul was, Barnabas being sent out on the first missionary journey. Verse 2, Acts 13, 2 says, And when they, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart from me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit. I like the way it says that. Sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia. From there they sailed to Cyprus. When they reached Salamis, they began to proclaim the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they also had John as their helper. But it's the Holy Spirit who empowered them. We see that example. Back to Ephesians chapter 3. In verse 16, it says, So that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the power. I want to focus on the word grant. So that God would grant you this power. Very simply, that just means God has to give you this power. You don't deserve this power. You can't work for this power. You can't you know, just be a good person to get this power. You can't earn this power. It's a gift. God wants to give you this power. It's such a wonderful thing. So many times, and even as, as Christians, if, as a Christian, we can think, well, what? I, need to, I need to be good. I need to do something good, and then God will give me the power. We just have that mentality. It's just bred in us some way. We've got to be careful of that. It's, it's not because of who we are, what we do. It's because of God, and he wants to work through us. When we use the word grace, which is in that verse 2, we're talking then about power. And this grace, then, is the power and the ability, the energy, the enablement to do what God wants us to do. So you see some equivalent terms here. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the grace of God. We're talking about the power of God. And next week, we'll look at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. It sort of puts all these together. So it's important to see this. We're talking about grace, and grace is God's power that he gives us. And you've all heard the phrase grace and peace. We all know that Paul, in his epistles, I believe every one of his epistles, I'm positive of the first part, his introduction, he said grace and peace. And most of the conclusions he said grace and peace, some of them he said grace. So why did Paul say grace and peace? I believe in that he was saying, you need grace. I'm going to talk about a lot of things in this epistle, and you need the grace of God to understand this, the grace of God to do what God wants you to do. You need grace. So again, we're talking about being strong in the Lord, and if you're strong in the Lord, then you have the grace of God working in you through the working of the Holy Spirit. That's what's going on. And so we have to see this. We have to understand this, this, this grace and peace. And again, there's a reason that Paul keeps saying grace and peace. It's sort of like for you. Every day, 
maybe you should have this little phrase on your wall someplace and your door should go out the door. Grace and peace. <laughs> grace and peace. I've often thought grace to do what God wants you to do and peace when things don't turn out so well. You need grace and peace every day. This power, Ephesians 3, this grace is spiritually infused, it says, in your inner man. That just means your spirit. That just means your soul. That's all we're talking about here. Again, this power is not a physical thing. It's a spiritual thing. And yes, this power can affect you physically. That's true. Oftentimes as Christians, we're strength of the Lord. We just feel energized. Our body literally can feel energized. Not all the time, but sometimes that happens. You're just raring to go for the Lord. Man, I feel ready to go here. And so... But I'm saying the, the emphasis, the focus is on this power then is a spiritual thing. And you see here, it's affecting your inner man. As Christians, or as people, let me say as people, we're all aware of our physical body, right? <laughs> You're very much aware of it. How you feel, what you look like, you know, or if you've got some ailment, you know, or you're eating some food. You're all aware of our physical body. But don't you think it's important that we're aware of our spirit and our soul? And the need for your spirit and soul to be strengthened every day? I mean, you get up every day and you have breakfast, right? Most of you have breakfast. Or if you skip breakfast, you have lunch. I mean, the fact that you're here today means you ate food during the week, right? You had food to eat. And why do we eat food? Well, for nutrition, for strength, so you can live the Christian life, so you can do what God was. It's very simple. Then are you strengthening yourself? That is your spirit on your soul. Are you doing what you need to do? So important. Be aware then. You have a spirit and a soul. And you need to do what you can by the word, by the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, by being in fellowship, by being in prayer. I just mentioned a few things there. How can you help yourself during the day and the week? It's through the word. It's through the spirit. It's through the fellowship of believers. It's through prayer. Just a few things. So again, just remember that, that you need to do what you can do to be strong in the Lord. You need to work out your salvation Yes, God's working on you, but you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, Philippians 2.12. Being strengthened, we're continuing. This, this verse is just loaded. This verse 16 is wild. Being strengthened in the inner man, and this is really the heart of it, results in Christ dwelling in your heart. That's what it says. Living the Christian life means that Christ is dwelling in you, that Christ is living in you. And that's by the power of the Holy Spirit, okay? We see verses, different verses, Christ is in you. It's by the Spirit. Christ himself physically is not in you, but spiritually he is in you by the Holy Spirit. It's not about Christ living in you, Christ dwelling in you. It's by the Holy Spirit. We, that's a pretty obvious thing. But there's so many verses, you know, the Philippians 121 verse uh, says, uh, to live is Christ. That is Christ living in me. To die is gain. And you'll be with Christ. Or the verse in... Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It's very similar. That verse has a lot of similarities of verses here in Ephesians 3. Philippians 4.13, of course, we've talked about this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, you, you see this, the fundamental basics of the Christian life. It's the strength. I can do all things by myself. You know. I can only do all things that God wants me to do, because that doesn't mean you can do all things that you want to do. It's, I can do all things that God wants me to do, that Christ wants me to do. I can do it because he strengthens me. And so 
Again, we say that Christ lives you, lives in you. It's Christ living in you through the Holy Spirit, okay, and through the Spirit who then empowers you. We continue in these, this verse here, this 16. Christ lives in you through faith, which means you're strengthened with power by faith. Being strong in the Lord is by faith. It's by trusting in God. It's not by trusting in yourself. Being strong in the Lord has nothing to do, though, very important points here, has nothing to do with how you feel, nothing to do with your emotions. Being strong in the Lord does not necessarily mean that you will feel strong. Y'all know that, but just let me say it again. Being strong in the Lord doesn't necessarily mean that you will feel strong, emotionally so. Okay? You might feel weak. We'll do something for God and say, God, I don't feel like it. I sure don't feel like doing it. Well, if God tells you to do it, do it. Whether you feel like it or not, that's the point. You all understand this, but sometimes this is a hard one. Our emotions can be so strong. You're to look to God, depend on his strength. You're to do what he wants you to do, whether you feel like it or not. Turn to um, 2 Corinthians We've looked at these verses, but, but this, is, this is probably the best section I can think of to impress this point upon us. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 24 to 28. Here's Paul. Here's, here's the best litany summary of his sufferings. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. That's Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I've been in frequent journeys and dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I've been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, off without food and cold and exposure, Apart from such external things, there's a daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. You think of any one of these things that I just read here, do you think he felt good about being whipped or stoned or a sleepless night? You think he felt good at all? Are you kidding me? Of course he didn't. So look at this and learn from these, these verses here as you go through life because the Christian life, I mean, I've said this before, I, I, it's not like... I rarely ever get up in the morning and feel, man, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. It's not the way it is. It's not. A long time ago, I think I said this story a couple times, but it relates here. I was selling books. This was 1973. I was in western Kentucky near Bowling Green, Muhlenberg County to be exact. And uh, we had a meeting down in Nashville every Sunday. So we had a little trip to make. I mean, you know, it was an hour, hour and a half or something. And, and one of the first things they'd have you do, you get to this meeting, is you'd all stand up and you'd have this little chant. I feel healthy. I feel happy. I feel terrific. I had just worked. I was working 80 to 85 hours a week, going door to door. 80 to 85 hours a week. I had to stay up late, do my books, get my laundry done. I had to get up with the meeting. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. We had to travel from Bowling Green area an hour. I felt terrible. I felt terrible. Okay. So sometimes in the Christian life, and I'm not saying you feel terrible when you get up in the morning, but you just don't feel like it. And you all know this. 
mature Christian is one who learns to do what he's supposed to do, whether he feels like it or not. If you're a Christian, then, you don't always feel strong in the Lord, but you live your life by faith. You know the Holy Spirit's in you. You believe that by faith. And you learn then to do what God wants you to do, whether you feel like it or not, knowing that the Holy Spirit is working in you. This verse, you know these verses. Psalm 73. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Heart, spiritually you feel out of it. Maybe you've just committed some bad sin. Physically you feel out of it. My heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and portion forever. Particularly, some of you here are older. I feel like I'm older. Is sometimes you feel pretty weak physically. And sometimes then, too, that couple be emotionally or spiritually. God's your strength. It's a great promise. We have, all, we have tons, all the verses you need here about being strong in the Lord. Now, let's say you're given an assignment by God. Okay, he wants you to do something, whether it's a 10-minute assignment or a day assignment or whatever. And then you begin to carry out this assignment, but you don't feel strong in the Lord. You don't feel it, okay? But you go on and do what you're supposed to do. Sometimes, as you continue to do what you're supposed to do, you will feel strong. Man, I, I, I feel more energized spiritually, emotionally. Sometimes you don't. Okay? You know what I mean? You all know what I mean. But as you're going on for the Lord and doing the work of the Lord, then you will see the strength of God. You will. That's true. Okay? You may not always feel it, but as you're going for the Lord, you will then see his strength working in you. That will definitely happen. Turn to Joshua 3. It's a classic story, and the, and the picture here, the visual picture, is, is, is so good, and you just won't forget it. But relating to this point here, Joshua 3. Joshua, they were going into the, ready to fight the enemy, but they had to cross the Jordan, okay? Once they crossed the Jordan, and they were in enemy land, okay? And in Joshua chapter 3, it's verses um, 14... 14, the end of the chapter. Verse 14, Joshua 3, when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan, and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of the year. The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap. So you see what happened? When did the water stop flowing? It was again... Springtime, the water was running high. It was flood season. When? When their feet were dipped in the water. I'd rather say, hey, okay, open it up, God. I'll go and you open it up. It didn't happen that way. They were walking by faith, okay? We go on and read, then it says, A great distance away at Adam, the city that beside Zarephan and those which were flowing down toward the sea, the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off, so the people crossed opposite Jordan. They crossed. Beautiful picture. You know, I, I didn't remember, this is really more of an older example, but many different times I've, I've gone door to door in the neighborhood. I don't usually feel like doing it. You know, it's just an example. But about always, God, always God gave me the strength. 
And sometimes, during, I was super encouraged. I just felt really good spiritually, emotionally. So that happens. I, I just say this, and you all, you'll all see this experience. You'll, you'll, this will happen to you this week. might happen to you today. You're supposed to do something for the Lord. You don't feel like it, and you do it, and you still don't feel like it, but God gives you the strength. Or you do something for the Lord today, and you don't feel like it, but God gives you the strength, and then you do feel like it. Okay. So I'm just saying this is, this is part of the, the Christian life. This is what God wants us to learn. Now, back to, we have to connect this here. Ephesians 3, important connection. I'll just read verse 17 again. So that Christ, Ephesians three seventeen, Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you be rooted and grounded in love. There's a connection here. This prayer through verse 16. Now we move into verse 17, a primary characteristic of the Christian then is he knows the love of God, okay? And that he then loves God and loves others. That, that's, that, that's really a huge part of your life. You know the love of God, and then you love God and you love others. And it says in 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. And so, and that's what these verses 17 to 19 are all about. One of the main results of being strengthened with power in the inner man of Christ dwelling in you is that you will be rooted and grounded in the love of God. That's what we're saying. Your soul, your spirit, your inner man then will be grounded in the love of God. You know the love of God and you're strengthened by the love of God. That's what it says here. And this happens then two ways in a personal way. I was just thinking this morning, you know, my little sanctuary is my back porch. I love it there. A rocking chair, looking out at the rose bushes and the cat and the birds and squirrels and Read my Bible. I love it. I wouldn't miss it for anything, okay? That's how I get refreshed. That's my number one way to be refreshed in the love of the Lord. I do it every morning, okay? I won't miss it. So anyway, that's important. But the other thing we see here is in, in, in being with the believers, being with the, the Christians. We need that too. For you to be knowing the love of God, you need to have that personal relationship with God. You need to have that collective relationship with the church, with other believers. You have to have that. And hopefully today, and this should be one of the results of our time. We don't talk about this much, but hopefully today, as you're with other believers here, as you're leaving today or in the fellowship hall, that, that you're ex- loving others and you're experiencing the love of others. That's, that's a huge thing that God wants for today in our fellowship time. You're experiencing the love of God and you're loving others. That's, that's what he wants. And so, as you're strong in the Lord, then you know the love of God. And the more you know the love of God, then the more strong you'll be in the Lord, and the more then you'll be able to do what God wants. And you have to see this. this really, that's, I believe that's part of what's just saying in Ephesians 3. You know the love of God. You're strengthened, so you do what God wants you to do. You experience the love of God more, and you keep doing what God wants, growing as a Christian, fulfilling the purposes that he has for you. And so, I have, so please understand, there's this vital connection between knowing the love of God and being strengthened by the Lord and then being able to do what God wants you to do. That, that, that's the connection I want you to see here. Knowing the love of God, being strong in the Lord, than doing the things that God wants. So we conclude then with Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. Do you get that? To him who is able to do 
far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works within us. So God is working, right? And what's it say? Through us. Through his power that works within us. Of course, God does things apart from us. We all know that. But God wants to work through us. We're talking about we're being strengthened in the Lord so we can do the things that God wants us to do. That's, that's what we're seeing here. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. And that's how it ends. That's the end of the story. God gets the glory. So we're talking about being strong in the Lord, being strong in the love of God, doing the work that God wants you to do, then you giving God the glory. That's it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. We bless you for your word. I believe we all understand it. But Lord, it's the, it's the practical, it's the experiential, it's, it's going through the day. We sang that song day by day. And with each passing moment, strength to meet my trials here. I love that song, day by day. With each passing moment, we need your strength. Help us, Lord, then to, in, the, in, in our lives today, we can, again, forget about this. Or we can think we've got to figure it all out ourselves. And, and what we're going to see a lot more next week is, is when we're weak, then we're strong. Second Corinthians 12, 9 and 10. When we're weak, then we're strong. So as a Christian, we should not be afraid to be upset when we feel weak or we are weak, however you want to say it. That's the Christian life. And you, we see what, what you did with Paul. And, of course, we have shoot, so many other examples of people throughout the years and even in our own lives. I, I can't help that most of us here have experienced this when we're weak. We're just tired spiritually, emotionally. But you help us when we're weak, then we're strong. And I, I, I pray that, Lord, that, that we'd all would see that, desire that, and want that. And then, the end of the story, we give glory to you. But thank you, Father, for this church. Thank you for each one here. Help us wherever we're at. Once you couldn't make it today, once you're listening online, we pray for your blessing. Lord, lead us, guide us, help us, protect us from the enemy. We live in a, such an evil world. We we'll ask you, God, to just keep working. Pray for Bethel. Thank you for Raphael, the other leaders, and all the members of the church. Lord, bless them. Lead them. Use them, God, for your purposes as well. Thank you again now for this time. We commit all this to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The back table, um, I've met with the, the messages are there. I got some printed, and also the copy of the latest blog that came out Friday is there as well. Thank you. Activity-wise, I um, just wanted to say thank you to those that were able to come out yesterday for work day. As Steve Altman said, it was a little toasty, but uh, by God's grace, we were able to get a th- few things accomplished. Um, we not, might not have woken up and said, yes, let's go to work day, but, but we came. Anyway, God, God allowed us to do that. So uh, Wednesday, we have our Bible study and prayer time. If you're able to come out and enjoy that fellowship and time in the Word, 645, uh, not this uh, Sunday coming up, but the next will be Matthew Meal. So 
if you're able to, plan out your dish to bring on Matthew meal and uh, enjoy the service and fellowship uh, afterwards for that. Um, and then that same Sunday, we'll be hearing from Frank Pisa from Italy, one of our Italian missionaries. Uh, he won't be here, but we'll be streaming live, I guess, where he'll be able to share what they're doing to reach the lost over there and a little message to us. So uh, that is one way our church uh, participates in evangelism is through supporting missionaries around the world. So that should be exciting, uh, two Sundays away. And then lastly, um, just uh, on the subject of sharing, uh, God says, do not neglect doing good and sharing, for which, for with such sacrifice he is well pleased. We have our food pantry. So for people that need food, we, we have canned goods and other items. Uh, so when someone asks the church for some food, we're able to share. Uh, so just keep that in mind. If you want to bring some canned goods, if you're able, or other items, uh, we do uh, collect that for that purpose. And now we have our last songs. And for offering, you have the box on the back table, or you can mail in your tithe or give online. So thank you. happy, I'm healthy, I'm uh, ready to sing again. I don't know how about you, but if you'd stand for our last two songs, uh, Psalm 59 is uh, one that Steve referenced in his message. He he wanted, requested that we sing this song. It's a great uh, hymn of recognition that it's not a, a strength in ourselves that accomplishes what God desires. It is his strength. But as for me, I'll sing of your strength. But as for me, but as for me, I shall sing of thy strength. I shall sing of thy strength. Yes, I shall joyfully sing of thy loving kindness in the morning, for thou hast been my stronghold and a refuge in the day. I shall sing of thy strength. I shall sing of thy strength. Yes, yes I shall joyfully sing of thy loving kindness in the morning. For thou hast been my stronghold and a refuge. to thee, for God is my stronghold, 
Because the God who shows me loving kindness, oh my strength, oh my strength, I will sing, I will sing praises to Thee, for God is my stronghold. The God who shows me loving kindness. And on a great uh, thought of praise that as we get to know Jesus and God face to face, we recognize more of his character, of his love for us, of his holiness, and we'll do a lot more praising and glorifying of the King of Kings. We will glorify the King of Kings we will glorify the Lamb. We will glorify the Lord of hosts, who is the great I Am. Lord Jehovah reigns in majesty. We will bow before His throne. We will worship Him in righteousness. We will worship Him alone. He is Lord of heaven, Lord of earth. He is Lord of all who live. He is Lord above the universe. All praise to Him we give. Alleluia to the King of kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I Am. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords, who is the great I am. Benediction from Psalm 28, verses 6 and 7. Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplication. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart exalts, and with my song, I shall thank him. Amen.